This week on Honey, You Should Watch This, we watched Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. But what it should have been called was, Look, Ma, I showed the wrong person how to use this apple press. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Honey, You Should Watch This. And this is our first videotaped episode, so here we go. Yeah, if we have a problem, I'm just going to give you the signal. <laughs> now you get to look at this beautiful punum. <laughs> and yes, there's a reason I'm not in film. <laughs> he has the perfect face for radio. Oh. Have the perfect voice for radio too, but that never had anybody put me on the radio. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Honey, you should watch this. Is a podcast where a husband, which would be the handsome person to my left, your right, um, and a wife—that's me. Hi. Um, have <laughs> divert what? <laughs> You're good at that because I'm I'm gonna get the directions wrong the whole time. I'll be <laughs> talking to the wall and. Hey, are you up there? I'll be like, I'm in the Brady Bunch or some shit. I feel like shit. we're arguing to the wall anyway for the most of the time, Bam. so it, it, it works. That's a fair statement. So uh, we have um, similar tastes in a lot of things, but sometimes when it comes to movies, we uh, we diverge a little bit. So we started this podcast to, to kind of learn to appreciate each other's tastes where we wouldn't normally sit down and watch a particular film. And for Greg, that's horror movies, So and it's... October, so it's spooky season. So we are, uh, we uh, we decided that we would uh, kind of kick it off with, uh, with good old Leslie Vernon. Yeah, before you, about as scary as I got was it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. It's true. It's true. Well, I wouldn't want to get a rock in my candy bag. Just saying. I got a rock. That's, I got a rock. All right. So. So this week you picked uh, a movie that neither one of us had seen. No, neither one of us had seen it. I'd heard about it, um, being uh, digging into some of the past horror films that I do and listening to some of the other podcasts that I do that are horror related. Um, so I thought this would be a good uh, starting jumping off point because it is a mockumentary. Um, it is a black comedy, so it's not quite uh, as intense. As, what are you doing? Nothing. Why are you moving your head like that? I'm chilling. Why are you moving your head like that? I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know, showing, showing, every, showing everybody. He he gets to see what we all look like because he's got access to the screen while we're recording. Well, we and I think we, it doesn't make for good podcasting because he just gets, you we, know. We can't afford an engineer yet. <laughs> he gets enamored. We can't afford it. I do look good. We can't afford an engineer yet. And we can't we can't talk the youngin into coming over and doing it because he's too busy not doing stuff. So, you know, you have to, you have, sorry, I mean, I'm looking at the computer right now. So when I, when I do this, it's because I'm trying to figure stuff out. When I do this, it's because I care about you. Okay. And, and for you guys who are actually listening and aren't, aren't able to see, um, we probably should just talk more. Yeah. What are you right? doing? If you're not watching, what are you doing? Oh, come on. Don't do that to them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to them. Yeah. It's probably have more so, fun. 
So when I suggested this movie, um, I kind of I, I let you watch the trailer before I suggested this movie. Yep. So what what were you anticipating about this film? Um, did it deliver or did it diverge in any way? Uh, I kind of got what I expected. To be honest, it was. Uh, um, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but it was it was kind of what I anticipated. Okay. Not a hundred percent. I expected. Um, I kind of expected a little bit more Blair Witchy, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but yep. I didn't. But I didn't expect. <laughs> I didn't expect Blair Witchy simply because of the fact that um, um, you know that kind of you know that's like ten years old now. So it wasn't. I, I of course that was right around the time Blair Witch was what two thousand eleven. No, no, Blair Blair Witch was. Early aughts, if that. Oh, early aughts. Yeah, it was early otters. Early otters. Okay, so Little so baby well then still this was two thousand six. So yeah, it was around that time. So I, I, I mean, as far as the story went, I, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. I kind of got what I expected. Um, it was a little better than I thought it would be, but I, I was, was pretty much on par. I expected, yeah. I expected a, a how to horror movie. Okay, which is what you got. Yeah, it was very de- deconstructionist. Is that a word? Is that a word? I mean, it is if you're a chef. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it had a it, it kind of deconstructed everything you knew and thought you knew about horror films. So that was that was the interesting um, subversion of this film. Yep. Yeah. Good enough. So, okay. All right. So I will get into the summary. Um, I am you know, pulling a lot from, from Wikipedia because of just because work is so crazy right now and didn't really have time to sit down and write anything original, but I'm going to, I'll pull from it and try to do my own thing. So here we go. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon is a 2006 American mockumentary black comedy slasher film directed by Scott Glosserman. Um, In a world where Mike Myers Jason, Freddy Krueger, and even freaking Chucky. Oh, oh, wait a minute. He's he's behind me. It's a fucking doll. <laughs> Isn't he? He's right behind. Oh, my God. Don't talk, don't talk shit about him. He's sitting. He, he, happens we we all do the have time. an in-studio guest this week, folks. Yeah. We have Chucky here. Yeah. Oops. Um, even Chucky are real. Um, we have a... Which was an interesting twist. A very interesting that. twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A, a female, um, a, a aspiring female journalist, let's say, and her two cameramen, Doug and Todd, um, document the preparations of Leslie Vernon as he prepares to enter their ranks. Um, Leslie claims to be a boy from a local urban legend in the town of, what is the town called? Glen, Glen something, Glen e- Falls. Glen, Glen, or- Glen, 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 yeah. Glen, 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 Glen Allen. <laughs> Glen Campbell. Glen Campbell. Like a was- rhinestone cowboy um so he comes to be this local boy who had murdered his parents um and then were killed by local townsfolk um (laughs) give me the pitchfork ma uh, yeah pretty much uh he got uh that the little boy got thrown over a waterfall and supposedly died but he's supposedly coming back on the anniversary of his death um, when local kids uh, dare each other to spend the night in the old Vernon place. 
Um, so this, uh, the t- documentary team kind of follows him through his extreme preparations um, for um, doing his massive sleigh. Um, so uh, we, we see him um, start to uh, stalk uh, what he's called um, his survivor girl, which I guess in in the horror genre is called the final girl, but his survivor girl. Um, you see him kind of uh, try to figure out the best techniques to create the proper atmosphere um, and prevent people from escaping. He's nailing windows shut. He's um, sealing off exits. He's um, mapping routes that the victims are going to take. He's rigging up electrical systems. He's tampering with weapons um, so they don't work on him. Um, and you also see everything that he has to do uh, to get prepared overall to become a a slasher. I don't even want to call him murderer because it's it's a slasher. Um, so lots of cardio, loads of cardio. Um, you see his library where he learns about everything from anatomy to psychology to philosophy, um, just uh, and magic, magic tricks as well. Um, so all these things kind of, um, set the groundwork for, you know, dispelling those questions of how these murderers kind of do what they do. Um, so during the documentary shoot, Leslie introduces Taylor, um, to his mentor, Eugene, um, who is a retired slasher, um, did most of his work in the sixties and the seventies. And um, so you little learn a little bit more about why they do what they do as far as trying to balance the good in the world with evil or trying to make good rise because of evil. Um, whole philosophy going on there with that. Um, we also find at one point when they are kind of priming the pump, so to speak, with the, um, the virginal um, final girl victim um, named Kelly as they're trying to kind of prime her up and set up a, a narrative that somehow Leslie Vernon is connected to her or related to her in some way. So they decide to do an initial kill and a scare in the library. And in comes Doc Halloran, who is what the slashers call their Ahab. Um, so this is a man that's um, hellbent um, on stopping Leslie Vernon. So our, um, oh, what was his name? Robert England? Uh, no, not Robert England, who's the one in um, Halloween, Dr. Loomis. Oh, so yeah. you're Loomis. Robert, Robert Pleasant, Donald Pleasant. Yeah, Donald, Donald Pleasant. Pleasant. Yep. So you're Dr. Loomis, so to speak. Um, and so during the doc- documentary, um, the the crew really gets wrapped up in this and actually kind of gets excited as things are going well for Leslie. But then it suddenly dawns on them about the time of the first kill that maybe this isn't a good idea. Um, so they kind of freak out. Leslie tells them, you either stay or you go. If you go, go now and go and don't turn back. And of course, they feel like they have to save everybody. And um, it turns into a little bit of a shit show from there. And the movie takes a sharp right turn um, and goes into your standard horror slasher um, genre with um, Taylor as your final girl. Is it Taylor? Yeah, Taylor. Taylor as your final girl. So um, it's... Overall, it's an interesting film. Um, so it stars um, Nathan Bassett as Leslie Vernon, um, Angela Goffles as Taylor Gentry, 
um, featuring Robert England as uh, Doc Holleran. Um, then you have Kate, uh, Kate Lang Johnson as Kelly, who's your virgin, air quotes. Um, yeah, virgin. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> um, then you have uh, Scott Wilson of uh, The Walking Dead fame as um, Eugene. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein, as a lot of you would remember from Poltergeist, if that's a big film, uh, horror film of yours that you love. Um, Bridget Newton as Jamie, Eugene's wife. Uh, ben Pace as Doug. Uh, Christy Carlson as uh, Lauren, who's the final girl's best friend. And then uh, Britton Spellings as Todd. Poor Todd. Gotta feel bad for Todd. No. <laughs> I don't, and we'll get into that. So... Okay, so what was the big thing you were um, that that struck you most about about this film? I mean, I, it's 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 definitely it's definitely different from what we've seen. The different takes and spins on on horror, especially when it comes to a little bit of comedy. This is a movie that I would congratulate them on swinging for the fences, but they only hit a double. In my in my opinion, <laughs> okay. It where did it fall short for you? Well, first of all, a horror movie is supposed to scare you. And this movie didn't scare me once. And I don't get scared easily, but I do have that tense feeling mm-hmm. when I watch movies. Typically, I don't get scared when I watch a movie. I get scared when I'm laying in bed the night I watch the movie and I hear a noise outside. And I'm like, do I, do I get the gun? <laughs> is there somebody in the house? Okay. Not that I'm scared that there's somebody in the house. It's just it kind of, you know, it's like a, like a cat. You know, it kind of puts you up on, on your tiptoes. Right. Uh, it, it didn't scare me once. It, there was, there was, because to me, the brilliance of Michael Myers is you don't know what the hell Michael Myers is, right? right. Well, yeah, and, that's and, less and, is more, right. right? And, and, and Jason Voorhees, you know that he's just this behemoth that no matter what you do to him, he's going to keep coming. You knew the whole time that this guy was just a normal person. He was just a guy out mm-hmm. getting some kicks. So that in my head was like, why are you not doing this? Because you can take him. He's not super strong. He's not super fast. He's just one person. And you know what? One person will never beat eight people. Never. Well, again, I think it's part of that whole fear dynamics because um, I I don't think, because I was listening, I actually watched some of the extended scenes. And in the library scene, I don't think what you got um, as part of that is they had him go through his whole philosophy collection and then he went over to his psychology collection. So he said there's group dynamics, there's a psychology of fear. So he understood how people are going to think in a group. And, in, and as he said, you know, what he was looking for was a right mix of people. Now, yes, the documentary crew should have known better because they were basically getting a lesson in everything that he did. And I think they were just kind of sidled because they felt obligated to save everybody with a bunch of idiots um who as they were trying to get them get out of the house that you know but somebody you know what i mean they they should have thought yeah he's gonna fuck with our van if we stay you know he's gonna do this he's gonna do that what i thought was interesting what was most interesting about this film and i don't think that as far as horror i think it's a nod to everything that we find fascinating and maybe frustrating about her. It's, right. you know, where it's like, God, you know, he shot Michael Myers seven times. You know, why didn't he die? 
Um, but you get an explanation in Leslie Vernon in the fact that, you know, the Robert England character shot him like three or four times and he even got it in the shoulder. Um, but he was wearing a vest, right? They're prepared that that's the whole conceit here is they prepare. Um, you know, the, the thing about, um, him is, you know, he was, he, he even had it down to the stuff that he was putting on his face, right? To constrict blood vessels and, um, you know, flame retardant stuff on him. And um, there's the scene where you've got, when you first meet Eugene, he's in an isolation tank out in the backyard, buried like three feet under the ground, um, trying to slow down his heart rate. So it appears that he is dead. So these are all the things that were kind of like the, the curtains pulled back a little bit and very imaginatively, to explain away some of the things that, you know, five days later after you watch a film like this, it's like, well, why didn't he do this? Why? You know what I mean? Which does, you're right. It does make him a lot of the mystery. The, the one reason I wasn't that crazy about the reboot on Halloween or the second Halloween that they just recently did, the 2018. Um, was it 2018, 2019? Anyway, um, was they tried to show a little bit more of Michael Myers. I don't want, I don't know. I don't want to know what he looks like. Right. I, I like him being that mystery. Well, but. first of all, you can't slow your heart rate down any slower than your heart has to pump to sustain your body, which is different for each person. Mm -hmm. it, it, they, they base this in reality, but then they took liberties with reality. Bulletproof vests don't protect your shoulders. They protect your chest. They don't protect your neck. They don't protect your head. So he just knew that the guy was going to shoot him in the shoulder. It was little things like that, 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 that bothered me. I, other than, but you're also saying this is a world where you get slasher killers, not serial killers, slasher killers, and Freddies yeah. and, and things like that. But so we could have a world with slasher killers too. You just have to kill the people with a knife. I I get it, but there's there you know or Chucky. Let's let's talk Chucky for a second. Right, Chucky was possessed a doll. Right, it was artificial That's, intelligence <laughs> or artificial intelligence, depending on which <laughs> which version you watch. Um, you know, and you're, you're trying, you're allowing for that. So I think you've got to allow for a little bit of, um, suspension of disbelief with some of this other preparation stuff. So. I can give some sus suspension of disbelief. I, d I don't, I don't agree with the way that everybody reacted at the end, especially when you know, it's just a guy when it's just a guy, eh. but, but he's a smart guy and he's a prepared guy. You, you know? know who else was smart? Stephen Hawking. I think I could take him in a fight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Go faster. <laughs> Turn left. <laughs> you are slow. <laughs> I am so. Smart. Of all the the things that they did um, reveal as the potential explanations, did anything make you go, "Oh, <laughs> that explains that could explain it"? Uh, not really. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I thought, I thought I mean, those were the parts I chuckled. I did not, there was no belly laughs from this, you know. Other than, no, there's no belly laughs. Other than Todd. Um, but I, uh, I... I mean, I, I think that it was very creative with the way that they did explain things. I think, you know, I mean, uh, let, let's say, let's take the end of Halloween, the first Halloween, the original Halloween. Okay. Not the Rob Zombie version, but the Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. And at the end... Um, you know, they show that he's fairly human to some degree because she sticks him in the eye with a clothes hanger. And then um, then uh, Professor Loomis, is that his name? Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis, Professor Doctor, shoots him and he falls off the balcony 
and then they go back and they look at him a couple minutes later and he's gone. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Bulletproof vest, I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. Now, later on in the movies, Bulletproof vest isn't, you know, how it goes down, but that was, okay, very cool. That's how we got through this. Okay. Some of the things, like, he, he was explaining about how he had the things on his face to constrict the blood vessels because you don't want them to see blood. Or if you get hit in the eye, your eye's not going to bulge. Yeah. That kind of thing. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I don't think that there's anything that you could put on your skin that would do that, that would prevent, because then your skin's going to die. That you know, you know, I think they might have gone a little bit too far because even in slasher movies, Jason bleeds a little bit, Michael bleeds a little bit. It wasn't like to prevent the blood. Uh, it was neat that they were trying to explain all that stuff, right? But I think that they might have went a little bit too far into that, and I didn't like that he gave them the plan, and that was actually the plan. It was the plan. But- it would have been cooler and funnier to me if he had given them a plan. And then he'd have had a complete different plan that like counteracted because they're like, oh no, he's gonna zig, so we'll zag. But he was already then zagging. He was zagging, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't dislike this movie. I just you know it's a kind of, I guess I I guess I was expecting more because of the because there was, there was a little bit of hype behind this movie, right? But right. it was it, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. No, I I just I think it was you know fairly interesting in terms of you know the nod and the love you know that was given to the horror genre and oh, there tons of easter eggs tons, tons of easter eggs and yes and, and it was really cool to have a universe where all these people supposedly lived yeah yeah that yeah. that had been that had been pretty uh it'd been pretty cool if they if this movie would have been big enough and popular enough that they could have proceeded with that and created that universe where they brought everybody together but eh, was not to be um yeah, so so some of the interesting things, and I think one thing that they cut out, which I wish they d- didn't cut out, it was a um, it was a scene where he challenges Taylor um, that he when they were talking about the the walking fast slow, it was the whole cardio thing, right? Um, he said that you know we can if we start at this point over here, and I'll even give you a head start, and you can run. I guarantee that I will reach that tree before you. And so what they have them, the, the cameraman set up on, on either side and what he would do is she'd start running and he'd run behind her and then he'd slow down just in time for her to turn around to see if she was still there. Like he's just caught up to her walking. (laughs) It was really funny. Um, And of course she trips, right? So he gets, um, so it's just, it's just, it's a, kind of a, a satirical take on those things like these things always happen and these are the reasons why and um i thought that that was pretty interesting so a lot of the stuff they cut out i don't know why they cut out maybe just for time but it didn't seem like it would have impacted things a huge deal well even when you get deleted scenes and you watch a movie what are they usually 10 minutes 12 minutes uh, again i've said it a thousand times if the director puts a movie together and he's got the stuff in there leave it Right. Leave it alone. He put it in there for a reason. Nobody's going to go to a movie and go, Jesus, that movie was seven and a half minutes too long. Right. No, let us let us understand. Let us see his vision. But yeah. the one thing that I I had a little bit of a hard time with, and I think just because you're going like the the documentary crew is your audience surrogate, right? They take you into the movie. You're the ones kind of 
going along for this ride with them. They are substituting the the horror audience as a whole because they're kind of complicit to this whole thing. Um, and just as we watch a horror movie and we would never seriously, you know, we we just watch it for entertainment, right? We're not like maybe not necessarily rooting for the villain, but we're we're there to see the kills. Um, and that's when they kind of get this crisis of conscience and then come, become part of the whole narrative in and of itself. Um, but part of it too is like, he is supposed to be this very, you know, he's, he, he's got this uh, kind of this friendly facade. I don't know if I'd necessarily call him charming though. Cause I, you know, read a few, few other, um, reviews and they were talking about him being like just disarming and charming and stuff like that but there was always something because we knew as the audience that he was a killer that made me very uneasy I I don't know if you got that from this at all or if you just kind of saw it as well here's the crazy thing about horror movies most horror movies that have an acclaimed villain Mm -hmm. a Jason or a Michael or a Freddy definitely a Freddy you Kind of root for the bad guy. Well, he's the only he's the one constant, right? Yeah, you, you, you go to, you go to the movie and you're never rooting for the girl that made it through the third and dies at the beginning of the fourth. You never root for her. You're always it's always kind of like, ooh, what's, wait, wait, is he gonna make it? Is Freddie gonna make it? How are they gonna, are they gonna kill? F-? I I never once rooted for this guy in this movie. Hmm. I, I just didn't. He didn't have that. That je ne sais quoi. He didn't have Not that. Not like Eugene. Yeah. You know, you might have rooted for Eugene. Right. Eugene was, I mean, he was funny, but you know, but Eugene had his gravitas because you saw him as Herschel. I, no, I don't think I saw him as Herschel I, in this I, one. You, you always see him as Herschel. That's the only thing you anybody. You always see him That's as the Herschel. only thing anybody knows him as is Herschel. That's like when you watch Robert Downey Jr. It's like, look, it's Iron Man. Yeah, I didn't, but I, I think I was able to, to separate the two things because you, Herschel is kindly, you know, down to earth. And he well, this was, guy was really nice when he wasn't killing people. But he was, but he was, he felt threatening. He felt extremely threatening, even though he, you know, there's a few, only a few things he does or says that you're like, holy shit, you know. Um, but he, overall, I felt more at ease with him than even though I, he creeped me. He he was creeped a, me out, right? He was the creepiest thing in the movie. He was pretty creepy. And he didn't he, he didn't really creep me out. Yeah, and um, what creeped me out was when what's his nuts, uh, Julie Jules Verne, said, um, um, <laughs> Jules Verne. Yeah, what's his name? Miles Vernon, Julius Vernon. Who? The main character. Oh, Leslie Vernon. <laughs> yeah, Jules Verne. When Jules Verne, uh, when he's like when he shows up at the house first time, he goes, "Yeah, that's his wife. She's really good looking too." Well, that's weird, dude. That's yeah. weird. He's supposed to be like your mentor. Well, yeah, but, and and that was an odd, you know, again, this is like a, a the case of the less you know, the more creepy and dangerous it is because the girl, you know, you're like what's her deal that she's with this guy and they're like raw she's raw run and you know. So let me ask, let me let me ask this. It's just, it's that was just it was odd and, and unsettling. It was I was it was actually I, the probably the better part of the movie. Go ahead. We've we've both seen Black Christmas. Yes. Okay. Isn't there a girl that lives at the end of Black Christmas? Yes, and maybe no. Okay, we don't know for sure, but we know that 
they intended for the Eugene character. The writers did. It was just between yeah. the writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of intended for the Eugene character to be the killer to be from Billy. Black Christmas. What are the chances that she's the girl that survived and they had a thing together because... Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, well, it was weird because he was, what, 20 years older than her? Uh, yeah, at least. Uh, at, at least. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was quite I mean, a bit. So what what are the chances that that's what that is? She's like, oh, I didn't really like that yeah. bitch anyway. She, she, she went on to play Lois Lane and I didn't get to do nothing. <laughs> and maybe... Maybe the situation, okay, you know what I mean? But maybe it was just a post. They intended that to be creepy because he says to her, Where's Eugene? And she goes, Oh, I think he's out in the deprivation tank. He's been out there for three days. She had, was she trying to kill him? Which, I mean, were they on the side? I, I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. It was really weird. It was, it was very, very That was very the creepiest strange. thing of the and, whole movie. And, it was, and very, very creepy. Yeah. Um, well, and one of the things, Nick, because I, I don't, I mean, I know that's where the writers were coming from. Like they were writing, thinking that this was Billy from from. I almost said White Christmas. Billy, don't lose that number <laughs> from Black Christmas. Um, and to know that, even I don't think that I I didn't I didn't like that. Now the other thing, there's another Easter egg in there. When you what? There's a movie idea right there. What? Black and White Christmas. Black and White. Will superimpose Bing Crosby as a slasher killer. Black and white Christmas come into a cookie near you. Um, the mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, black and white cookies are good. Um, but I, I don't know. I just don't feel like when when I found that out, I, I was that that thrilled me at all. I was like, okay, that's interesting, but I don't think I want to know that about Eugene. The other thing though that they added as an Easter egg that somebody else caught, I believe it was. Um, it was not bloody disgusting. Who was it? I'm looking. Hold on. Um, it's called Fathers on Holy Gore. Um, they talk about um, when you look when you they walk past Eugene's car in the back rear window. There's a toolbox, so it's a reference to him um, being the toolbox killer in the Toolbox Murders, which is I guess a the series in in the like early aughts as well. Yeah, that's also the same car that you see in all the Sam Raimi horror movies. Oh, really? Yeah, like in the Evil Dead and stuff. Yeah. Because so, Sam Raimi has that car. And apparently somewhere in the set in Eugene's home is the Lament configuration. From Hellraiser. From Hellraiser, yeah. yeah so. I sent I sent them that so they could use it. Uh, they're going to they're gonna send it back to me here in a couple of days. <laughs> okay. Ooh. I, one of the other things that disappointed me in this story was there was no twist that surprised me. There, yeah. it, it, it was It was very... It was telegraphed. It was it was really telegraphed to me. I don't know why, but I knew the second that I saw the reporter that she was she was the one. Yeah, I mean, you knew that she had to stick through it all the way through, so you can't have. Well, I guess you could, but you can't have two final girls, right? Obviously, um, they had two final girls in uh, Nightmare on the Street Three: Dream Warriors. Oh, did they? Sure, why not? Okay. You either, they either did or th- they didn't. I think they did because wasn't there yeah. four of them? Wasn't there four of them at the I end didn't of see Defeated Dream Warriors? Unfortunately, I did. Oh my see god! It had the it. greatest theme song in the history of theme songs. Uh, hello, Dokken. Okay, all right. Okay. She doesn't. She, you have oh. to freak, she, what? Yep. See, I didn't look at the wall. <laughs> 
Uh, there's a story. <laughs> All right. We're looking at each other for those of you that are, are listening to us we on are film. We're looking at each other. Yes. I, I um Yeah, no, you couldn't have two. Yeah. But you also knew I mean, come on. You had to know that he was using them for something other than just to film just it, purpose, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like um was it the um is it Creep and Creep 2 with the the guy from Oh, I don't know. The League he the breaks. league, yeah, Mar- uh, um, Mark Mark uh, Peach or Paul, yeah, yeah, Peach or Paul, Paul. No, Pete is um, Mark, yeah, Mark something or other, yeah. But he, that's a thing where the he's a guy that is telling people that he's dying, and he brings cameramen in so he can record, you know, messages for his family and all that stuff, and he's oh, okay. just really there to. Kill people? Im- imprint and kill. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, Good enough. Moving on. So, spoilers. Yep. Um, so in that movie. Never gonna watch <laughs> it. <laughs> so kind of reminded me of that. But um, one of the other uh, really cool um, Easter eggs was um, when they when they were showing that they were tra- if they, they were trying to get uh, an interview with somebody on Elm Street, um, and the guy that they were talking to was at fourteen twenty eight Elm, which is the the house that. What's her name is in in the original. Do you know the yeah. guy that they were that was walking in the door as they walked away from him? He played Jason Voorhees in four Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh my god, that's awesome! Isn't it? That's pretty cool. <laughs> There's a lot of things that this movie does well, and that's one of them. But the problem is, is that you don't catch all that stuff. It's only if you like dig into the trivia or stuff afterwards. And to me, that's kind of wasted. Right. You, you know what I mean? It, it's wasted when you have something that cool because mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, we don't know what the guy who plays Jason Voorhees looks like unless you know that. Right, it's, and you met him before. Yeah, and you met him, yeah. or or you know going into it that this guy played him. Right, and that I mean that's kind of a waste. You can catch the cars and yeah. things like that, but even though it's really cool, it just you read it and you're like, oh, that's awesome. I wish I'd have known when I was watching it. <laughs> like he could have had well, like a little sign hanging around his neck. Like he was in an NXS video or something, right? With a, <laughs> I'm with the side. guy who played. Could've, yeah, I'm Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I noticed. Like, um, I didn't start. I I kind of figured there'd probably be Easter eggs in there, and there was a lot of reference, obviously, to other horror movies. Um, but I didn't start really doing more research on it. But I was kind of rewatching a part of it, and when she was doing her intro, um, she was standing in front of this um, building, and there was a sign in it that said "The Rabbit in Red." And I'm like, I wonder what that is because I do not watch the Rob Zombie movies, um, and it that happened to be like a, it was a strip club in the 2007 Halloween. So I'm like, okay, there's a ton. There's probably a ton of stuff in here that I'm just not seeing. But see, that to me doesn't make any sense because this came out before that remake. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, but maybe it's someplace else. I don't know. I, I read what it was, yeah. but I can't remember what it was. But I, I, I we, can, we can look it up at break. But that was... Yeah. Because I think this was filmed in 2004 and 5, mm-hmm. and it came out in 2006, I think. The one thing that... And if, if anybody um, can figure it out or has seen the movie and, and maybe has placed it and stuff like that is when they are watching the video that the documentary crew took inside the library, um, which is the 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 scene where you've got the librarian played by um, Zelda from, from Poltergeist. This library is library. This that's, library is clean. Yeah. Um. That's like when you get a pie and it's like four different berries. It's like, you know, blueberry, raspberry, elderberry, and library. 
Library. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's a berry that won't tell the truth. It's, it's berrylicious. Um, so they're they're the uh, Leslie Vernon is all excited and he's doing his little somersault or whatever in the room. There is a dollhouse that has lights in it, like over in the corner. It's like a three story Victorian green, and I'm like, huh. And so I looked to see what the dormitory looked like in Black Christmas because I couldn't remember it. And it's like, okay, it was a three story building, but it didn't look like that. So I'm wondering if they were trying to allude to something like. I think that 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 was in reference to Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. The episode where Miss Piggy went ape shit. She hacked them all up. You don't remember that Halloween episode? It was a good I, episode. I don't remember that. It was a good episode. episode. It's no. been banned in forty-seven states, but it's pretty. It's pretty good. You can still see it in Alabama. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> why do I put up with that? <laughs> well, because you know, I mean, look at me. Okay. We, we, again, why do you put up with this? <laughs> uh huh. Um, so that, I'm just trying to, to, to look at some of the other thing. Oh, the other, um, the other kind of Easter egg is obviously you've got your Loomis character played by, um, Robert England and his name is Doc Halloran, which is a little nod to, uh, The Shining. A little nod. A lot of nod. They should have just called him Shining. Well, I mean, it was Dick Halloran and then Dick Halloran would call, um, Danny Doc. So it was a good- They all called Danny Doc. They all called Danny Doc. Yeah. But Halloran knew without anyone telling him that his name was Doc. Because he had to shinning. Because he had to shinning. <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> um, uh, also, if you noticed, uh, Robert England's character was dressed exactly like, like Loomis. Professor Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Loomis. I didn't. Lo- I didn't check to see if he had the scar. Because remember, d- yeah, d- <laughs> yeah. Loomis had the scar. I. I, I mean, I, I. feel like. I feel like when they did this, they spent more time worried about that stuff than they did about. You know, and and I, I I'm probably being too hard on it because lots of times when you see a movie like this that comes from a film festival that doesn't have a monster budget, yeah. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of box office to go over, so we can talk about it now. Right. It had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, and that was production. That didn't count for what they paid the the, the the act. That was that's to shoot. That didn't count. That did not count cost of the actors. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars to make a full length movie is not that much money. No, it really it's isn't. not, especially with with names in it like it, they had. Yeah, and and we found out that most of those names were like, "Hey, we're going to do this for scale because we want to help out" or things like that. But you've got you know sets that you have to build and special effects and all that stuff. So so I get that, but I feel like the practical effects in those movies are always good and stuff like that. It's always the script. It's always the script that seems to struggle because. Maybe sometimes when you hear about a studio, they're like, oh, Wonder Woman, you know, 1984, it's being rewritten for the eighth time. Maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's a reason it's being rewritten for the eighth time. You know, maybe there's a... Th- this movie had a really strong base, mm-hmm. and it did a lot of love for all of the horror slasher movies. But there was moments when you were just like, that was... Really? Why would you... Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that that yeah. kind of seemed to where it, where it tripped up on itself a little well, bit. Well, I, I was, I guess, if you... By the DVD, the Shout Factory DVD, there's a lot of extras as far as the making of the movie and, and interviews with the cast. And the girl who played um, Taylor was um, obvious. You know, if you ever do ha- make a list of, of like dream people to have at your dinner party, I'm I'm guessing that Robert England is somebody you want to know. Because he just sounds amazingly gracious. You you know he did not probably take a lot of money for that role based on the budget that they had. Yeah. But he said that he had seen the girl who played Taylor 
on an off an off Broadway play when she was like 12 years old and he remembered her. And when he found out that she was going to be in it, he told her, I was really, I'm really excited to work with you. Nice. Just completely charming. But they also said that he kind of helped with um, understanding how to pace these movies and these scenes and, and, and really kind of gave them a lot of knowledge. And um, it was Robert England that got Scott Wilson involved, the guy that played Herschel. Um, he, I guess they're friends and um, he convinced him to come and, and be part of the film. So it's, that's Plus, really kind of cool. If you had Robert England over for dinner, you could talk to him for like three hours about Ford Fairlane. <laughs> you could talk to him for four hours about Ford Fairlane. Oh, I would. I'm guessing it's probably only going to be a 15 minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding what the fuck just happened i just slammed you you didn't slam me you made fun of my movie i did make fun of your movie yeah that's not very nice this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's a there's a lot of people in hollywood that don't get the credit that they should for being those type of people i've said it before danny trejo is one of them he doesn't mm-hmm. tell anybody no because of the opportunity that he was given to to he's like why would I why when some when nobody told me no why would I tell anybody no, plus I mean honestly what's Robert England really doing nowadays you know what I mean yeah but still I mean for two thousand six I don't know what he looks like now but two thousand for two thousand six I mean he'd been in the business how many years that was well Elm Street was eighty oh, eighty two eighty one eighty two eighty three yeah so because I think Dream Warriors well number three was like eighty seven right. So yeah. he looked good. I mean, he looked good in that, that film. They, they, yeah. So that was. I mean, I think it was. It was an interesting film. Is it you know better than you know Cabin in the Woods? Is it better than? I'm not angry. I watched it. No. Well, I'll, I'll put it that way. I think it did a lot of things well. I think it fell down in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk about those when we come back from break. That sounds like a good idea. All right. All right. And we're back. Yay! Us. And we are refreshed. Yes, we I are. Have my mommy juice. Yeah. You have your caffeine. Yeah, I, I had my two beers. Yeah, you were shut off. I am. I shut should be. Off. I have to work tomorrow. Well, everybody has to work tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody. That's not true. The cats don't have to work yeah, tomorrow. They're not bodies. So, um, you were talking to me about break, about how we uh, don't necessarily always root for... True. Yeah. yeah I'm. You had mentioned earlier that we tend to root for the slasher in the slasher films because, and we said that's the one constant. And I kind of argued that the first one you usually do end up spending more time with your, um, final girl or, or whoever. Um, and you tend to root for them, but from like part, part two to 17 and 20, um, you typically are, are with the slasher because people don't stay with their franchise that yeah, long. yeah. You don't you don't watch it for the new girl in each 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 episode. Yeah, no, I, I get yeah. you. Why be invested in somebody who could die? Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus, when you think of Halloween, nobody thinks of Laurie Strode. They think of Mike Myers. You're right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with um, Nightmare on Elm Street or or anything like that. I only think of Laurie Strode when I think of True Lies. That's it. Laurie Strode. <laughs> <laughs> uh pj souls when you think of um <laughs> yeah yeah um so um yeah 
Yeah. All right, let's move so on. So that's where we're moving on. Um, so here's, I mean, here's one of the things I, I did think, because we were talking, also talking about um, his, uh, Leslie uh, Vernon's kind of get up, right? Jules so he's Vern, got yeah. this like half Jules Verne. <laughs> Killing another people in 80 days. Um his like had a little a little half mask, almost like it almost looked like a baby doll head, but it was kind of got the green sheen to it. And the whole like his whole allure is like he was an abused child, and he had to work in the apple fields, and he had to cut the grass using a scythe and and all this stuff. So the, his weapon of choice is the scythe. Um, but in some of the images, um, like the poster images and stuff like that, I'm like, is his head supposed to be like the mask supposed to be like an apple to make him look like an evil apple? I don't, I don't know, but he definitely needed to go see the barber. He looked, you know who he looks like a lot. <laughs> who is in the Geico commercial where she's like, "Let's, can't we just get in the running car?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jules Verne looks exactly <laughs> like Jules that Verne. bad guy, and it cracks me up because it's almost like Geico stole that guy. Yeah, why from, can't we just? behind yeah. the chains yeah. um Run can't the we just yeah, get okay. in a running car yeah yeah but he just looks like he looks like he also looks like something out of a scooby-doo cartoon he really does look like something yeah out of a Scooby-Doo cartoon yeah to me. but he's he's definitely got his his spiel down he's got the little overalls and the and the beat up i mean just completely buys into the myth um so there's a couple of things here um that is set up to because we spoil and i probably should have said that at the beginning of the podcast but if you know us that's what we do we spoil things movies 14 years old there's no spoilers here true um so one of the things that is said to the documentary crew by um the doc halloran character is leslie he is not leslie vernon he's uh somebody mancuso is it steven mancuso yes um and he's originally from nevada and he's just a crazy guy and he's just looking to do this and there is no um you know this is not him this is not his house everything is alleged right um allegedly allegedly yeah well that's part of got what got me thinking like even before i learned about the whole trying to make the eugene billy connection but i mean do these guys just kind of go around and try to find old myths and legends about certain parts of town so they can have an opportunity to kill um you know because i when you didn't know what the writers had originally intended for Eugene, it, it does make him more mysterious, but it also made you wonder is like, what did he do? Who did he kill? You know, what was his thing? How did he kill people? I, um, I don't think that that's probably what they all went for. I think it's probably just what they all had and ended up getting. Yeah. If, if Eugene is supposed to be the black Christmas guy, according to the writers, then he was just looking to kill some sorority girls. Well, he mentioned sorority, right? In his, his first, I mean, I can bring up the the speech, but in the first speech is, you know, if you do it sloppily, you're going to get caught and all that. So it made me wonder, um, you know, how did these two find each other, Leslie Vernon and, and, and Eugene? That was kind of how I was, yeah. Right. And so how, you know, it's not, it's not like there's conventions. Um, there could be, I guess. Yeah. Um, on the On the dark web? On the dark web. <laughs> Um, five Bitcoin to attend the slasher, uh, how to be a slasher convention. How to be a slasher, slasher. Um, Shropshire slasher. 
Um, but that's those are the the kind of things that that had me questioning. Like, is you know maybe that's it? Maybe that's that's how they try to find their big break as they go around looking for an opportunity to like make a legend come alive. Um, so that's that was part of it too. But um, I think there are two important things to kind of talk about before we talk about it turning into an utter shit show at the end because you see all this meticulous planning and I'm not talking about a shit show for Leslie it was a shit show for the documentary crew um before Leslie heads out to you know work out, out his masterpiece um the documentary crew says well just kind of give us a little hint like how do you, how does one survive a Leslie Vernon or or a Mike Myers and um you know the the wife kind of jokes like well you know you definitely don't want to be a virgin you know <laughs> screw as many guys as possible um but she uh, he says Eugene says is you run like a motherfucker you run like a motherfucker you don't turn back you run until dawn right you just go and it and even though they are given this sage advice, not a one of them who heard it even tried to abide by it. For a second there, I thought Todd was going to, but he didn't. Todd, and I no, was Todd, like, Todd did. Todd fell down. Todd got stuck in the mud and slipped and fell down, remember? Oh, is that it? Because I yes. thought he was turning around trying to talk to him. He was, like, he was turning around taunting him and then got stuck in the mud and, and yeah, slipped and fell down. Just run, man. Just run. Um, so... I thought that was well, interesting, but I wasn't going to run very far. Not unless it was a damn quarter pounder on a string in front of him. <laughs> um, so, so as we were saying in the summary though, um, everybody kind of gets icky feelings about it. And I guess some of them had more like Gary. Is it Gary? Uh, it was Todd and Gary, right? Sure. Why not? Hold on. Wasn't Gary SpongeBob snail? <laughs> Doug and Todd. Okay. So, there was a scene that got cut that before they ran out, um, Eugene's wife says, I have something for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she walks away and she comes back with this freezer bag and hands it to Leslie. And Leslie's like, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, yeah, it's his first one. And it was a foot in a bag. And so... I didn't catch that. Yeah. So um, they show the the rest of the documentary crew going into where um, the Virgin girl, uh, Kelly, 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 uh, worked and Doug's in the van kind of filming them from inside of the van. And he said, he says, hold on, I've got it written down. Oh no, it's a hand. It's not, a, it's not a foot. It's a hand. He said, this is dumb. They've got, they've got a hand. She gave him a hand. There's someone out there without a hand. <laughs> I don't think they're out there anymore. I think. No, I think they're probably dead. But yeah. I mean, the whole thing is like you can tell that in that moment that Todd's, not Todd, Doug's not fully invested. Todd is. Um, but they all start to question. And, and that's when Leslie says, you go now or you're in it. Right. So again, yeah. their first opportunity to run and not look back and they were like, no, we can't let this happen. Well, why couldn't they go to the cops? 
You know, they could have just gotten out of there, gone to the cops and had this kind of figured we'll, out. You we'll know. get to it in the Yeah, that's questions a, I part. have questions yeah. part, yeah. Um, so they decide to go back in and they go looking for Kelly because they know the order in which he's trying to kill these people. Um, and that Kelly is obviously going to be the one in the final. And, Kelly, you know, and they, they build up this whole mythology around or psychology and philosophy around what this knight is supposed to do for her. She is supposed to rise to the occasion. She's supposed to be rebirthed and all this symbolism of where she has to run through and all, and all this about her becoming this empowered person. And so they're looking for her and they go upstairs and they open the door. And of course they find her like reverse cowgirl with underwear in hand, whipping it around, um, kind of doing the little woohoo thing. So that's when the shit show falls apart because they're like, okay, she's not a virgin. She's not who he thought he was going to be. And now they're trying to outthink him and they just uh, they just can't, right? So, yeah, they shouldn't have outthinked him. They should have outbeat him. Outbeat him, yeah. So everything kind of went backwards. They tried to get everybody into the car and of course he's disabled their van um, when they should have known that and you know people start more more and more people start dying and it finally hits her that she is actually the final girl and she has to go through her her trial and test with him so um, at that point yeah I could kind of like it it turned into your standard horror film and it the the ending wasn't quite as satisfying I guess as it could have been it was more realistic yeah it was definitely oh it's your standard horror film ending well, it wasn't. It wasn't the. It was more realistic because it wasn't the ridiculousness that is a typical horror movie, where you know they struggle, he stabs her, she runs, she trips, she falls down, she turns around, he's not there. She gets up, she runs, she turns around, he's right there, he cuts her again. Right. She runs, she trips. That goes on for twenty five minutes, and then she, you know, oh, something right. happens, and he falls down, and next thing you know, he's impaled by a pitchfork or something, just completely stupid and ridiculous. I mean. She hit him with a block and tackle that legitimately weighed 45 pounds. I mean, you, you, when somebody swings at you and hits you with it, it's going to hurt. And once she got him knocked down, now, the fact that she was able to get his head in the, uh, the apple in the press. In the press, yeah. Eh, you know, I mean, she could have just beat the dog shit out of him with the axe handle she had. Because I'm going to tell you what, you hit somebody with an axe handle, even if there's no axe head on it, that shit hurts. Saw someone get hit with a banjo once. <laughs> that's funny that right guy there. went down yeah that guy went down <laughs> so you know i mean it was a little horror movie-ish but it was also uh, yeah. there was, i mean there was a handful of things i mean there was a part where there was a part in the barn okay typical horror movie trope bullshit where he was he killed he had just killed the last football player okay. and when he hung the guy and as he was yep. hanging him he fell and he landed and he's out cold hello stand yeah. on his throat that's all you gotta do stand <laughs> on his throat kick him in the nuts five times that son of a bitch ain't gonna get up and go anywhere it was it was you had the professor there at that point uh, professor lupus had his professor wand lupus. he had his wand and was ready to evada kavara him yes yeah, he, he was gonna, he was gonna wingardium leviosa his ass and i mean you had yeah three but he people. got in the uh, and that's when that's when doug hit him in the head with the shovel and <laughs> yeah, but but they were up Doc, at that Doc point. Halloran. They, yeah, they were up at that point. Yeah, but because because he gets up with the size, and that's when he that's when he stabbed Halloran. No, actually, it Doug hits him in the head, knocks him out. 
Yeah. And right. then then he gets up and he's fighting Jules mm. Verne and and Jules Verne stabs him with the with the scythe. Right. Yeah, that right. was after he got hit with the hammer. So the guy was laying on the ground out, literally stand on his throat. You know he's a normal human being. That you could have you, you could have you could have flipped him over and and kicked him in I mean there's a thousand that that's the part of those movies. That's why that movie didn't scare me because because you're just like, okay, this guy's just a normal person. He says he says in the, when he's explaining everything to him about how he takes all the like this pickaxe right here. I filed down the pin or whatever so that the first time you you know I hope they don't hit me solid because yeah. if they do the first time, I'm gonna tell you something. He told her right there. Yeah, they, they tell them exactly what they should do when they don't. But those right. handles yeah. are like baseball bats. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I checked, baseball bats are pretty brutal when you hit somebody with them. Those were the little things that took me out of it. Right. Just make it to where the handle breaks or, I don't know, I mean, it's the horror movie tropes that really, you know, I'm the one that we watch them, I'm like, get up, stupid! You you know when I'm watching, right, so. Right, right. Uh, the scene in which Doug hits Doc Halloran with the shovel, because he doesn't know who that he is. That was the only time that I laughed right. out loud, right. as, as sad okay. as it is. Well, at Rubber Shovel, the, the actor who played Doug said that he, you know, they were prepping to do it and they were prepping to do it. And he said, and I had to waste one scene because after I hit him one of the times I had to go. And that's for scaring the shit out of me when I was a little kid. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Those are the things that you want to see from a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I guess I guess I was just anticipating this really slick smart climax yeah and it was it was a, and it, it was, was standard it was it, it to, to be honest with you do you know what the last 10 minutes reminded me of it reminded me of a halloween horror nights commercial okay yeah i get that when she's walking through the apple orchard yep I'm scared. That's, yeah that's what it, re- it reminded me of uh halloween horror what is is it yeah halloween horror nights is universal universal that's yeah. what it reminded me of and i was just like uh, i mean okay I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking a dump all over the movie because, it, like I said, you know, for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, they did a really good job. Yeah. They're just yeah. They just certain little things that elevate horror movies. This one didn't do to elevate it. It just it yeah. was. It's there. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to seen at least one person kind of take the advice, right? Whether it was Todd, well, I think you, you know, or or somebody like that 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 got and then came back later or all that. But I think the rest of them, because the other thing that kind of hit kind of hit out of the blue is when Doug is in the barn and he's trying to protect Taylor, and he's all of a sudden like, "I love her." Where the hell did that come from? You know, there's like nothing. When you, did that happen? It was in the barn, um, and it was after I think Leslie got up. And Who's he, Doug? Was he the t- the football player? Doug, no, Doug was the cameraman. He's the was, one that lived. He was the cameraman that lived, yes. And he said something about loving her. And I was like, where, where did this come from? You didn't see, you, know, you barely saw Doug and Todd. You heard them. I think Doug you know? probably loved Todd more than he loved Taylor. <laughs> I think the, that you saw the one person in the movie take the advice. And I mm-hmm. think that this was a stab at humor and irony. Yeah. The one person that took the advice of run like a motherfucker was the one person that could not run like a motherfucker. Well, I he was the only fat person. He was the only heavy person. He was uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think that that was supposed to be funny. Yeah, but I don't see that as him taking the advice. I think he was just trying to distract and be, distract him and get him away from the other guys. You know, you know, an actual, you know, thought about reason for breaking up versus staying together. You know, they they have that whole thing in the um, the cabin in the woods where. Um, they're like, oh, we're, it's best if we stick together. And then they put whatever that pheromone or whatever is in, in the air to make them, you know, not think so lucidly. And they're like, nope, nope, it's better if we break, you know, break apart. I mean, that was the only one reason. So Doug kind of put himself out there as a sacrifice, or Todd put himself out there as a sacrificial lamb. But it would have been nice to see him kind of. I, I see it differently. Li- yeah. I see, I see him running and turning around to make sure that he was chasing him. Mm-hmm. And then turned back around, and when he did, he slipped and fell in the mud. Okay, because I I, I I saw him because obviously, well, both Doug and Todd um, get the. I mean, everybody on that documentary crew gets over involved. Like they start to get excited about things, even though they don't know why they're getting excited about them. Like what that whole Ahab thing. They're like, yeah, we got an Ahab. What the hell's an Ahab? You know, <laughs> and um, they just wanted to get an A. Yeah, and um, or you, you you know something happens and Doug gets excited and says something or Todd starts like interjecting and they're like Doug Todd you know um and so I kind of feel like Todd was like felt more connected to Leslie and was trying to maybe reason with him too which you just can't do in at that mode I guess but anyway okay all right so uh, did you have any research you did as far as box office or but it made sixty nine thousand one hundred thirty six dollars uh it debuted at mm. south by southwest um it won several awards at some smaller film festivals i think six or seven nothing like you know it didn't win like you know best of cans or anything um i, I mean 70 grand yeah that's a loss you know because whoever distributed it had to pay for the distribution fee plus it was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget plus that didn't count you know the actors uh, you know and and to be honest with you that kind of feels to me like where this movie should have fell because it, it, it didn't have a huge marketing campaign. It didn't no. go on a lot of, excuse me, it didn't go on a lot of theaters or anything. No, it was very limited release. Yeah. Whoever bought it in terms of distribution. But um, the fact that they had some of the people in it that were in it was probably the only real one draw if you didn't know what it was. If you knew Robert England was in it, you, you might want to see it if you're a horror fan. Um, as far as the, because um, we had talked about the the end scene, the end credits, because you talked about um, the guy who was on Elm Street being the guy, one of the guys who played Jason. Um, he shows up again in the end credits in the morgue where they, because what happens is when uh, Taylor gets him caught in the press, she she you know twists it down so he's pinned in there, and she lights the cider house on fire. She crushes his head. Yeah, but he was still talking. No. He wasn't? After she, he talks to her and says, it was you. It was you he all says, along. It was you all along. And then she does the... Ick. Yep. And okay. So she okay. crushes okay. She, she crushes his okay. head. Yep. So now, <laughs> now his head's been effectively crushed. Okay. Okay. We think. We haven't seen it. What do we think? Go ahead. Now continue what you're going to say. No, go ahead. No, no, you, 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 you. Oh, that. so you were saying that you know, so he's she sets the cider house on fire with uh, Doc Halloran and 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 um, the other guy, 
And so, you know, again, like most slashers, you think he is to be dead, but we as an audience probably know better. So you've got um, the body gets wheeled into the morgue. Um, the world's worst, um, what do you call it? Autopsy, autopsy doctor or whatever. (laughs) Autopsy technician, um, is focusing more on the file and the paperwork. And and toward the end, you see Leslie Vernon sit up. Um, so that's, you know, again, you're opening the door to, you know, a potential sequel. Okay, first of all, his head was completely intact. She crushed his head with the side with the side, cider press. Okay, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, there would be nothing but bones. Nothing but bones. That whole building burnt down. Rafters, beams, mm-hmm. everything. He would be a pile of bleached white bones. I call At bullshit. At that level of heat, I don't know. I do. I know for sure because your body's going to burn. Yeah, your body's going to burn, but you may not be clean enough to be like cremated. Right? You have to get the fire up pretty high. Anyway. Um, you have to get it up pretty high to burn the bones. But yeah. to burn the skin and the meat and the muscle, Yeah, you'd still have teeth. But I mean, everything else is... Yeah. I mean, I, your eyes. your eyes would literally pop. Right. But here's the thing. If he's gone to all this length to make sure that all the other weapons fail, how can you trust him to know that the cider press hasn't been ringed either? You mean when his head popped open? But you didn't see it on film. You just kind of heard something. Okay, then why did he stay in the fire? I don't know. Because he, he, did... he was dead because she crushed his head. She crushed <laughs> that's what his you head think. just like this. She crushed his head. She crushed his head. That's not what you think. That's That's... That's that's what happened. But but you don't you didn't witness it so they they could explain it away, right? I did I exactly. did I did witness it when she burnt his ass up. <laughs> you but you didn't see the body burning. Anyway, this is oh, it hurts. No, it doesn't. It hurts. My head hurts. <laughs> anyway, you didn't no, you you Got it. Like that's why you see Michael Myers burn up. Yeah, but we don't. We we all agree and believe that Michael Myers is not a normal entity. Right. There's something there. This guy was a normal guy. But he was a very per- well prepared normal guy. So you don't know. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Uh, okay. Anyway, they did try to set it up for a sequel slash prequel. See, I would buy a prequel before I'd buy a sequel. Yeah. Um, but apparently nobody wants to buy either. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, not exactly. Um, let me find out. So what they uh, were talking about was to do The Return of Leslie Vernon. Why don't you talk a little bit so I can find it? Because They wanted to do a sequel. Uh, bef- before The Mask. Okay, do you the, want me to talk or do you want to tell I me found what's it. going on? Okay, go ahead. I found it. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate I enjoyed, it. I enjoyed talking for the point two seconds that you asked me to talk for. <laughs> All right, so they wanted to do the Behind the Mask sequel called Before the Mask, The Return of Leslie Vernon. Okay. And they could not raise the funds. Correct. So instead, 
They did a six edition comic book. I tried looking, couldn't see anything. Who published it? Was it Dark Horse or what? Uh, I don't know. Glenn, I know Glen Echo. <laughs> That's I, the name of the town. <laughs> I know that in 2017 they talked to the the writer director mm-hmm. uh, about a sequel, and he said that they really wanted to do it, but they're having issues with the story because horror has changed so much right. since 2006. Right, because it I, became very much yeah torture porn. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to see mm-hmm. uh, a, another movie in this sequel again, or, or in this universe again, because mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, it was $70,000. You don't have anything to base. You don't even have like a hardcore, like, um, uh, I'm not sure what the word is, but like when Family Guy was on, it had horrible ratings. Uh, it got canceled. It goes to Adult Swim and everybody loves it. You don't even have that. Right. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. You don't have that, uh, that no. cult. No. They uh, did. They raised money on Indiegogo, um, which I don't even know if that's even still around anymore. Indiegogo needed to do an Indiegogo for itself. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so that's, they, I think they released it. Um, uh, they've released it since. So I've, I tried to look to see if I could find anything online that may be, give you a peek into the pages, but didn't really find anything. So. There was one part of this movie that I really did not like. Okay. And that was the library scene. Yeah, that was a little weird. It was, it yeah. was totally uncalled for. And this is why I say that if he wanted to do something that was going to make people aware of him, that he was a thing, mm-hmm. um, you need to do it in public right. so that people can see it, number one. Number two, if you really did something like that, do you really think you'd have been able to get those kids to go to the to the farmhouse? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Let's be honest. I'm hanging out with my buddies, and we're like, hey, you know what we should do on Friday night? It's it's Jules Verne's birthday. What, sh- sh- what should we do? We should go hang out at his cottage that the electricity's still on at. And and read we around go, the world in 80 yep, days. Yep, and we'll go, okay, that, that's cool. And then the next day, you see about Jules Verne has come to town, <laughs> and he's slashed some, some woman's throat. You're going to go, you know what? What do you say we just go to Chuck E. Cheese for a couple hours, and then we go home? You're, you're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I well, know that they wanted to get the nice lady. But that's not what happened in Scream. Right. Scream, they still wanted to go and do the partying and be, you know, even though they knew people, even even though the principal was strung up and killed. But Scream Scream had a, um, more money. It was a bigger budget. And Courtney Cox. Well, yeah, but she was just a, she was just a reporter that nobody liked. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I just didn't, it was like, it was, it's something that actually never happened. Mm-hmm. Jules Verne, the story of Jules Verne there never <laughs> happened. But <laughs> I do it every show. You should be used to it by now. Jules, d- d- Julius, Jul- uh, Verner's, Verner's, uh, Verner's ginger ale. It never really happened. <laughs> I don't even know what his fucking name is anymore. What's Leslie. His name? It's Les- Leslie. Leslie Vernon, right? Les- Leslie Vernon ginger ale. Never really actually happened there. So, but she knew, she knew like details. And of course, when she started reading it, she started talking like this. And you're like, oh, this house is clean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And she did it because of her voice and she did it because it was a callback and it was neat to see her. And and this was unfortunately the last movie she was in, but it just, the whole thing made no sense. So nobody knew that they were going to be going to the library that night, Mm -hmm. but Professor Lupus showed up. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, 
but Donald Pleasant showed up, and <laughs> <laughs> but Freddy Krueger showed up. Freddy Krueger showed yeah. up. Um, but you know what I mean? Leslie, it, it was just it really, uh, it kind of you want to suspend the disbelief, but it was just like. Uh, well, it was. I mean. We knew it was going to be kind of a roll of the dice anyway, because they weren't quite sure how it was going to work out. But yeah, I I kind of felt that way too. And is this part of your I have questions? Are we have we slid into uh, no, I have no? Questions? It was just I just wanted to say how much I didn't like that scene. I will acknowledge the fact that he might have known that she was that that was going to happen at the um at the library because if you remember when they were stalking her that night at the the diner, right? As they were leaving. Todd or Margo, one of the two of them, I can't remember which one it was, said... Todd or Margo. <laughs> said... <laughs> that's a Christmas vacation reference. Why is the carpet all wet? Yeah. Todd. They, as they're leaving, the one guy says, hey, who the hell is that? And the other guy says, does it really matter? Yeah. And that was that was uh, Professor Lupus showing up. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll let that slide, but I just thought, I felt it was just... It was really... <sighs> well, I think probably... Um, uh, Halloran uh, it was probably knew that Scatman Brothers. I was <laughs> Doc Hall Doc Halloran um, Robert England whoever the hell we want to call him Doc Holiday. Um, I'm Huckleberry. I'm Huckleberry. Um, he was probably for for some intents and purposes stalking I was going to call her Emily. It's Kelly. Um, so probably knew that Kelly was a target and probably was following her, which is just as creepy. A little bit. Yeah, a little, little bit. Um, but I, you know, I guess I guess it is what it is. Um, I think we could probably, um, looking at you now, um, I think we could uh, probably slide into I have questions from this point. Okay. Because my whole thing <laughs> was... They set up Kelly as your Laurie Strode type character, right? She's yes. studious. She's hardworking. You know, she's shy. Yeah. Um, and she's in the library and she's studying and all this stuff. And then as soon as you get her into that house, she's a freaking idiot. Oh, yeah. Like she couldn't handle the pressure and she cracks. and She, she literally fainted and fell. Yeah. Um. And so it was just like, it was this total 180 from what you expected her to do, which was what made it funny. And you laughed your ass off with the whole reverse cowgirl thing. But, um, and it's not even that. It's not even the fact that she was having sex. I, you know, it, it's not going to get to that point. It's just the point that she could not keep her cool. Um, and you're right. Like when, if you had like, you know, I, th- if you look back on, on the original Halloween, like she thought she saw, what she saw when she saw Mike Meyer, Michael Myers, um, and she was hesitant about it, but she still went forward and did what she had to do because she, you know, she's shaking it off. So it's the same thing. I think if she actually saw somebody killed, then yes, she Kelly might not want to go to the party, but then again, Kelly, the need to get laid maybe overrid her, you know, fear of because she she wasn't she didn't appear shaken up at all, which is weird. So maybe Kelly wasn't, you know, maybe Kelly's not that nice. Yeah, maybe she wasn't. She probably deserved it. Right. But All right. So my first question, mm-hmm. we'll, go into, we'll go into I have questions at this point. Well, that was my I have questions. It's like all of a sudden, you know, she's supposed to be this studious, smart girl with a good head on her shoulders and she's just a 
a flake, you know, that's just, I had, a, I had an issue with that. I couldn't really suspend my disbelief on I, that part. Fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that when people, when people are threatened or are in fear of their lives, they all act differently. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess if you had just had sex with somebody and then they were killed in front of your eyes, that probably fucked me up pretty good. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Right. She was supposed to be. But that's also right before we are, it's revealed, air quotes, that she's not the virgin. It's it's when, um, right. what's, her, what's her name? Taylor. Taylor realizes, which I thought was poorly written. That, yeah. that that whole little section was poorly written because all she did was sit in a corner and cry for like 30, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, two minutes, and you're like, we we know it's you. We we get it. Let's right. move on. Um I see I see where you're coming from. Yeah. They they made it a little they made her a little bit too ditzy. Was there ever a point because what was it's funny because our friend Barb was supposed to be here today because she watched the film too. We didn't all watch it together, but she didn't watch it. Um unfortunately she could she couldn't make it here tonight, but um, she asked me the other day, she's like, did you see that coming? Did you see, you know, Taylor being the final girl coming? And I said, it, you know, it kind of was implied that if you start the film with her, you're going to end it with her. The second that we found out who she was. Yeah. Right. Um, now whether or not she was virgin, that's, that's until other thing. I think what I found disturbing more and I, I wasn't quite buying it more is, you know, they, they, you know, they, they show that there's some kind of connection between her and, and Leslie, right? And it's almost like romantic, right? And I don't know. Did you did you see that kind of coming? Because I'm glad they didn't kind of make it so they didn't full-on the part, kiss or anything like that. he kind of held her hand and she kind of held she his held hand. She held his hand like, to, like supportive of him and stuff like yeah. that. That was just, it was messed up. You dumb, felt. You dumb twit. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> You twit face. All right. So he's talking to her at the beginning when he's talking to her about her whole plan. Okay. Okay. And he says, yeah, this is the house. And she says, do you own this? And he goes, well, it's in a trust. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. That shithole ain't in no trust. Number one. Okay. The land could be. it's It's an orchard. The house was an orchard? No, the land upon which the 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 house was. and And the orchards had no apples on them. The, the trees the trees regardless okay. uh i remember that one time when i was three seconds late with my electricity bill and they shut my shit off there ain't nobody paying that electric bill there's nobody paying that electric bill <laughs> no I, first of all um and when it's owned if it's owned by a trust that means that somebody owns it and is taking care of it and doing something with it they're not it's not just sitting there and rotting because right. at that point that trust was supposed to be for the kid or whoever. Who's the trust for? Who's now? the trust for? Yeah, that's that's a question but, too. But the whole thing is that wasn't him to begin with. So again, who's who owns that property? Yeah. Why is the power still on? So the why, town, if you're if you're going to sneak into a house and spend the night there, why would you turn the lights on? You know, the I, town knows about the whole mm-hmm. everything, and they're allowing that to no, right? Absolutely not. I guess they didn't have the. Um, the budget either to even like have cops in that town. I mean, Oh, you don't need the person that got killed in the library is now, you know, there's no, 
cop involvement. Yeah. There's no Nobody discussion was about, about it. some. Just yeah, some old dead lady on the floor. It, Fuck it. it. Can I? Can I get a Jules Verne book? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even get talked about. It's not like it, yeah. It's it's. That's, that's why I hated that yeah. scene because it wasn't even a like. Oh, you know, blah blah blah. What happened over here at the hospital? Oh, there was one more reference. The scene where they're in the van. And they're scoping out, and he's like, "Yeah, her and her and her." Yeah. There's a scene where the three girls are jumping rope. Yeah, that's supposed to be Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, is that supposed to be Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. I was. Well, okay. You maybe you're right, Clive Barker. I, I, I know I am. Okay, I, I, so okay. No, I'm kidding. That's what I read on AMDB. Oh yeah, to Craven. Yeah, okay. A trio okay. girls playing jump rope. So I thought that was really strange too, because they're all in like communion dresses and yeah, it's weird. So Herschel mm-hmm. has got this dope ass house. Out in the middle of nowhere with an isolation chamber. What did Herschel do for a living that he made money? I don't know. Did he get to turn in bodies? Like every time he slashed somebody, he'd take them to like the, the dark the dark web and be like, hey, I've got, you know, here's the other other hand. Here's the hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hand. I actually wrote down a question here. I don't even know what the question means. No one noticed? Just totally ignored my... No one noticed what? No one noticed. That anything? was my question. That's what that was my <laughs> I had question. In no general, one no one noticed. I got no fucking idea. <laughs> I got no idea what that means. No what noticed. did I miss? What did I miss that you said? Oh, I just said I'm gonna give you a hand. Oh. But I'm bump. Um I did not uh the the, the poltergeist lady's expose. She's the only person in town that knew about Jules Verne yeah. as a kid. Jules Verne. <laughs> you know what I think that was from? Um no. No, maybe not. Yeah, because there's a there was a a couple of really ill-fated um uh what the hell's his name the tall lanky guy Slenderman type mm-hmm. movies that did not do well. But I don't think that happened in two, around two thousand six. You okay there? Wow, I'm glad you guys got to see that. <laughs> Holy shit! For those not watching on TV, <laughs> I just smashed myself in the face with my microphone because I just picked my hand up. <laughs> Um, God, I hate and you, those, oh, I think it was was it the Bye Bye Man or something like that? Where no, it was Slender Man. It was the one where it was like the girl supposedly. Yeah, yeah, but I think there was a movie that was supposed to be like based on Slender Man, but wasn't Slender Man, and and somebody was in the library and doing all the research and and all that stuff. So that I, that that's just what rem- it reminded me of. Right. But I I think that that film came after this one, so maybe they just took I don't know. But yeah, what did he do? Had it? Maybe she's the one. Maybe she's the sugar mama. Maybe I, I, his I, wife's maybe, a sugar mama. Maybe. All right. So this is my last question, and this is the part. This is the part that really took me out of this movie. Okay. Okay. We have three kids that are in college, mm-hmm. basically, that are trying to do a documentary. Yeah. And they're contacted by a guy who says, "Hey, I want to kill a bunch of people, and I want you to film it." Okay. Now I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm saying this like <laughs> it's going to be sarcastic, but I'm but I'm being very serious right yeah. now. So they're like, "Man, this could be." Like our big break, right? right? So we're going to go hang out with this guy. We're going to learn his entire plan. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn that he's got everything going on. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to watch him kill these people. First of all, anybody that would be like, I am going to watch somebody kill somebody, you're fucked up, number one, just for fun, okay? Right. Then they get a conscience right in the middle of it. Right. Knowing, knowing that they're going to die. Now, if they had let him go through with it and... It had been a situation where he was not dragging her in to be the Laurie Strode character. What were they going to do with it? Because at that point, you are now an accessory accessory, to like 14 murders. Because you knew that shit was going down. So, 
And why would they be dumb enough to think that this guy was like, hey, I got this. I got on Friday night. I'm gonna go kill these 14 people. Would you? Would you but film it for safe. me? No, not even that. Would you film it for me? Yeah. You don't. You don't. People don't even want you to film it when they steal a bicycle. For Christ's <laughs> sake. I that when I found out that that was how it was going down, mm-hmm. I I was hoping that it was going to be something along the lines of he contacted them because he had all this inside information, and then the twist at the end was he was the bad Aha, guy. It's me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. You know what I mean? I'm think you. It, you have this, this. Oh, you know what? I'm a good person because right after the first two people died, I decided that this really isn't a good idea. Oh, shuckers! Oh, geez. Right. I, I, I'm literally. But I mean, she she was complicit in, and this is if they are supposed to, because I keep talking about journalistic, whatever journalism, documentaryism, stuff like that. The, the problem is, is they made themselves part of the story, right? Which is not what you do. Um, usually if you are a journalist, you try to stay somewhat objective if that was her true goal. Yeah. And she's the one who pulled the string on the brick, right? So he immediately made her part of that right there. So it's, it is, it's, it's, that's, it's, that's hard for you to get behind them. I, you know, and it's hard for you to root for them too, even though they are the ones that, that did end up changing their mind, but they ended up changing their mind too late. I so think I, I think it was well acted. Mm-hmm. I think it was put together well. I just think it really to me where it fell down was the script. Mm-hmm. It just it, it it never grabbed me. I watched it because we were watching it for the show here, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, th- I mean, this might have some promise. But about two thirds through, I was like, okay, I know exactly well, what's going to happen. Once you get into the third act, that's when you kind of the cameras go away. Right. The Mm -hmm. documentary part of it goes away and it just turns into a straight film. I don't know. Do you think it would have been any better if they still kept the perspective of the camera still running? Because even though you see something like that and that shit goes down, it's like, why are you still filming? No, Um, because that's that's what it would have been. I'd have been like, really, you stupid fuck. You're running around trying to not get killed, but you're still got your camera on. Make sure you got the wide angle lens and you've got the proper light with the F-stop open. Yeah. Like, fuck off. But, you know, it still is, I mean, even more today than it was back in 2006. um, It's that type of of society that we're living in is how many times do you see a parent on um on facebook you know that's filming their child reacting to something even if even that they're reacting to it negatively like they're bleeding or they're crying or there's something like that that your first instinct is to take out your phone and film your kid doing this versus going over there and seeing what the hell is wrong i agree with you you. if they'd have filmed this bitch on an iphone 12 best best picture all day there was actually a one horror movie that was filmed completely on an iphone Called Unsane. Um, Pass. <laughs> Don't pick it. Don't pick it. Don't pick it. Don't pick it. I, I mean, I just... No. I'm gonna pick it. I, I just... Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just... That kind of... Once I found out what was going on and how it was actually going down, he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna kill him. And they were like, oh, okay. And the one guy goes, okay. oh, that's cool. You know, I'm like, what the fuck is Todd. wrong with... What is wrong with you, dummy? Todd. Yeah, so I, I mean... <laughs> No, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's hard for you to root for anyone in this at all. At all. So... And again, it's like they are talking about, you know, um, good versus evil or or 
evil causing good to rise and stuff like that. It's still not good, right? Not good. No, because there was no there was no good that rose up against them. It was actually the bad people that rose up against them. Hmm. Hey guys, we're gonna go rob this bank, but we're not just gonna rob this bank. We're gonna steal these kids' Christmas. We're gonna be the Grinch, and then after you do it, you're All like, right, I'm in. You know, what we did was kind of messed up. So what do you say we? You know, Take all the presents back. Yeah, undo it. Now we're the heroes. No, you're not. You're still a piece of shit. Those kids woke up. They were sad. They cried. You know what I mean? I mean and even if they had, even though she wins in the end, legally, yeah, she's still an accessory to all those murders. Because they were there when the first two happened as a part of it. So, right. I, you know, I mean, I get it. You know what we should do? We could go ahead and take the last 30 minutes of this and we can lump it in with the last 30 minutes of Gone Girl. <laughs> we can say procedural gone wrong and call it a day. <laughs> it is a satire that probably yeah. sets it up right there for no. why you wouldn't like it. Exactly. No. I mean, I, I understand why they were doing it. You suspend the disbelief and everything, but that was just really the one big element that just drug me right yeah, out of it. Yeah, there, I think... I mean, it was... It was uncomfortable. I didn't, I, I chuckled. I found myself chuckling at a few things, right? But not necessarily full on guffawing um, first and second act. You know, I found, found things amusing. Um, but yeah, now I think third act, not, not so great. Here's still, your movie. Still overall, it's okay movie. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't throw it in the bin. Here's your movie. Okay. There's a movie. He's coming up with a movie. Everything, everything that happens up until the scene where you are going to um, start killing them stays the I'm same. Kill him? No, no, the guy, oh, okay. Jules Verne. Jules Verne's going to kill him. Jules. Except for the part where he's not the guy that's going to do it. He's got a pretty good idea what's going to go down. Okay. Let's say he's been following or just stumbled across stuff that he thinks something bad's going to happen. Okay. In the end, you find out when it starts out that he and uh, uh, what was Herschel's name? Eugene. Eugene, you find out that um, that uh, him and Eugene are working together, and they're going to kill Tag-teaming them all, right? It, yeah. But Jules Verne double crosses Eugene because he wants his woman. <laughs> and uh, oh, so yeah, he's now he's having a change of heart. Yeah. Okay. See that now hmm. now you've got a twist upon a twist, and you're like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And you don't let anybody see the cider press until you know dude's head's in it. Because I mean. The second he well, I mean, I mean it's part of the mythology, it right? Is. The it, cider press. Yes, the whole... I know, I know, because he says someone's going to get hurt bad by this thing, right. and he says somebody cider house kills. Yeah. and when you say Toby McGuire, that when he says somebody, you know it's him because you know. Yeah. But um, okay, uh, your top three moments, my top three moments. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um. Hi, Kitty. My, mine are weak because I don't I don't really have anything in this that really stood out to me. Um, I liked, uh, I kind of liked the, the dialogue, even though just because it was really creepy and weird between Eugene, Eugene's wife, Jules Verne and Taylor. (laughs) Okay. There's nothing that really stands out, but it was, it was a section of the movie that you, you really were waiting for the hammer to drop. Right. And you didn't really know what was going to happen. Right. Um, well, it was kind of, it made you uneasy too, because... I, I don't know if 
I'm going to hold off on on one of the things that happened. But you didn't know if Eugene was going to snap. Yeah, you right? had no idea. And get a little bit more dangerous because you knew he was c- capable yep. of, of being dangerous. Yeah, so. you had no idea. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a, a well, let me see. Uh, my favorite is when, when Professor Lupus got hit with a shovel, just because. <laughs> Professor Lupus. It just, you, I, it was just like, hey, I'm here, Clank. You're like, whoa. <laughs> it was like watching um, Holy Moly. Um, somebody, <laughs> somebody got clanked. <laughs> Professor Lupus and yeah. um, Dr. Muscular Dystrophy. Is a- um, <laughs> other, other than that, uh, it was just kind of. You know, it would. You know, he. There was a couple of funny lines here, a couple of funny lines there. So you only have two. You don't have one. I don't really have a third one. Is that really? Bad? Yeah. Oh wow. Go okay. ahead. I'll come up with a third one. Um. Well. Okay. I'll. I'll. Because I, I have four. Okay. All right. Well, then All we right. have six. We win. We win. Um. Okay. So one of them is. Um. They're in. Um. I almost called them Jules Verne. They're in Leslie Verne's library. Leslie Vernon's. Uh, Leslie Vernon's. Leslie Verne. Hey Verne. Um, so they're in the library and they're going through, um, all the things that he has had, had to study to, to do this. So anatomy, philosophy, psychology. And then he says, oh, and this is the fun, real fun stuff right here. You know, you have Houdini, you have, so he's talking about magic tricks and they're like, oh, he's like, you want to see me do a magic trick? And they're like, yeah. So he turns to Taylor and he's like, do you have a deck of cards on you? Which is kind of stupid. Who would carry around a deck of cards on them? Only, Only a gambler. And you have a deck, deck of cards on you? He says, no. And so he turns to Todd and the camera and he's like, do you have a deck of cards on you? He's like, no, I don't. He's like, well, what's that in your front pocket right there? And you hear Todd go, holy fucking sweet. Yeah. And, and of course, like Taylor's like, Todd. Yeah. And he goes, how'd you do that? And he goes, tricks of the trade. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Give me, come I on. just love the fact that Todd gets so enthused. Like, there's just like a couple other moments you see. Todd gets so enthused, and they're like, "Todd." <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. My, my third one would be the creative kill of the movie. Would be the postal diggers. The postal digger. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty. Even though I've used postal diggers enough to know that that probably wouldn't happen, but whatever. Yeah, well, I guess you got to practice, right? Um, so, okay. So the, the second one is, um, Doug getting into act. So they're at the, they're at the school and he's showing them, you know, how he kind of picks out his victims and what he looks for. And, um, he, they have the, the, the final girl has to have, you know, that virginal quality, but they also have to have a group that, you know, is a certain amount of friends. So you get the stoner and the, the jock and all that stuff. Cause you know, the stoners are, are you know to pad your numbers because you know they're going to be so impaired that they're not going to be able to run as fast and um so he sees this girl that is very much like a Laurie Strode looking character carrying the books acting all shy and he's kind of following her and they're like so is that going to be the girl he's like oh no 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 I've had my girl picked out you know somebody in Glen Echo has been for a long time would be a little late in the game right to, to pick them out right away and and Doug kind of goes, oh, it's kind of like one of those cooking shows where they have the pie already in the oven ready to go. Yeah. And of course, Taylor's like, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, see, I figured your number one would be the yeehaw reverse cowgirl moment from Kelly. Nobody has sex like that. Like what? Of course people do reverse cowgirl. No. 
I'm talking about slinging your slinging your underwear, your underwear up on your air. finger. Woo-hoo. That's ridiculous. That's just that's what they call florist. Florish. Oh God, florist. They call them florist. <laughs> Flourish. They, it's called Flourish. Yeah, I, not no, fluoride. I, I mean, it was. You didn't even get to see her boobs. Oh, that's what you didn't like. No, it's not what I didn't like. It just, uh, I mean, you knew what was happening. Yep. You knew what Uh-oh. was going down at that point. I have like a Zoom conference moment going on right here. Hi, kitty. <sighs> God, I hate you, kitty. God, I hate you, kitty. Come here. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was just kind of, I mean, I, I know that they were going for effect and they wanted, you know, oh my God, look at her having such a great time. She's slinging her underwear around on her finger. That it just that'd seemed, be dangerous with a ceiling fan. Yeah, it just seems silly. It just seems silly to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't well, know. Well, that was that was point, right? Yeah, it's, it just is. But that's not. But the you po- know what? The point is, is like if you just caught her in bed with some guy, it would have been like, oh, okay, she's not a virgin. But the fact that she was just enjoying it the way she was enjoying it, like she was yeehaw on, mode, like she was on the Hulk coaster at Universal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She might have been. Who fucking knows? So I think that was probably All right. just... Yeah. Okay, fair All enough. Right. I'll, I'll give it to okay. you. Okay. So the, the the one I was going to talk to earlier, is there's a scene where um, the Eugene and his wife are in the kitchen making dinner and they're talking to Leslie and Taylor. And, you know, he's supposed to chop up a, a, a carrot and he's you <laughs> know just kind of really slicing good. up the carrot with a knife and then he starts getting into what he's talking about as far as killers and stuff like that and all of a sudden you just hear the knife chopping really really fast and all of a sudden he stabs it right into the the cutting board and you look down at the everybody looks down at the cutting board and it's just completely shredded carrots it's like they'd taken one of those meat tenderizers that you use on chicken and oh, yeah. just mash the carrots until it was pulled oh yeah they just put it so like good. into a yeah. food processor and just ground it fair, right fair. Up. that yeah. was you that know was what? a good scene. i forgot that yeah. that's a good so one. that's that's kind of what i was saying that's like those those slight little hints that even though eugene seems like a nice guy and he's very friendly and he's very soft-spoken that he is dangerous yeah so. fair fair all right all right cool so uh would you watch this again i don't think so yeah no it just, it even if it's just to look for more Easter eggs. No, because like I said, I I won't I won't know the Easter eggs when I see them. Okay, you you know what I mean, right? Like you, you can see what was the one from Hellraiser? What was it called? Oh, the um the lateralist machine or whatever. <laughs> the oh Christ, I gotta look it up. The Bowflex machine. The Bowflex, yeah. yes, the Bowflex, you know, like the Rubik's like, cube. Yeah, like if when um, you see that, you're like, oh, you know, or if you'd have seen like a, you know. Mm-hmm. A, a great uh, Easter egg would have been a crystal unicorn. Yes. You know, things like that. Yeah. When you see that. But just to go, oh, that guy was had a mask on in four movies, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that. The lament configuration. The lament configuration. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? They're just, uh, even though they're cool after you've seen it, to say, wow, that's really neat, you know? Right. But did you remember the address of the house in the first Nightmare on Elm Street? No, but I no. remember what it looked like. Right. I remember the, Fair. the door. Right. Fair. You know, uh, but still, it was, uh, I mean, Easter eggs are neat, but the Easter eggs are usually something that you're looking for when you're watching it with director's commentary on. Right. Y- you know what I mean? I, I, it just didn't, this was, if this had been a comedy, it would have been the comedy that you only leave on the TV on a Sunday afternoon when it's raining because you want to take a nap and you can't find anything else on and that happened to be on TBS. You know what I mean? Right. It's not a comedy that you're going to buy. It just it just didn't quite have enough. 
it it had yeah. a great premise mm-hmm. and the way they put it together was good it was just it's it was flawed yeah i it i guess i i can say it had heart but then again it didn't right it, it because it was an independent film and it had that independent vibe and it was something different that they were trying to do you could feel like you could get behind it but it's not like a movie and this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but it's not a movie like like Krampus, okay? Which, in in parts of that movie, it's goddamn ridiculous. But the movie's got some heart to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, this this movie this movie is one of the few movies that suffered from needing a rewrite and not getting it. Yeah, and and, I, and, and it just it just needed some tweaks, but, but I, at the same time, you you have to applaud them for what they were able to do with I their agree. budget. Oh, and, I agree. And to come up with a very interesting um, twist on on yep. this, you know, it it. I will say this: when you watch this movie, you would not think it was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget. No, it's it looks significantly better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just fell short it just it, you know it, it got to the three yard line and it got stuffed off tackle four times in a row that's all there is to it yeah all right all right so so uh you, i have a question for you what's though. what what's for dinner no we just had dinner oh um dang 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 um what are you gonna make me watch we are gonna watch zombie land oh okay all right because it's halloween it's Halloween. There's zombies in it. There's zombies in it. Um, I've seen it. You haven't. Okay. And we may make this a double feature, depending on if we can get, uh, whether or not we can get a third person in on the action, because um, your uh, co-host mm-hmm. of your other podcast, Top Five for Fighting, has recommended that we watch, what, what Friday was it? the 13th, the reboot, the 2009 the thir- version. Friday the 13th reboot. Which he says is his favorite of the series, and uh, the gentleman that works with me, Vinny, has said it's his favorite as well. Oh, really? So, hmm. okay. I think it's more of a horror movie than it is a, a an eighties low budget. Yeah, yeah, I I think that it, from what I understand, the camp is kind of removed. Yeah, a little bit. So it's so straight on. So scary. we might we might have a couple episodes coming at you here pretty quick. Um, yeah, if we can get people. We 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 and um, Susan really enjoys horror movies. I do. I love my wife, so I try and do what I can. Um, <laughs> I know that I only have to endure these, you know, for one month of the year. Yeah. Oh, and then all the other weeks where she picks that shit like The Witch and <laughs> Hereditary <laughs> and The Lake House. I haven't made you watch Babadook yet either. You missed my joke. Oh, what was it? The Lake House? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch The Lake House. Who would? No, I wouldn't. So give them their spiel. Here's the spiel. All right. So uh, even though we have been woefully, pathetically bad at our social media game lately, um, if you do want to find now, tisk, tisk, tisk. Um, if you want to follow us, uh, we can be found on social media on Instagram and on Twitter at Honey Watch This. Uh, the other, uh, we, we also have a Facebook page, but again, then again, we just haven't been, it's just been a weird year, guys. I think we can all agree. It's just been a weird year. Um, why would you say that? Because it has, well, okay. it has, um, yeah, we are, we are up on YouTube. Um, I will post on social media because we have, we don't have the channel, um, addressed just yet. Um, but I will post it on, on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. Um, 
But uh, you can also uh, obviously listen to the podcast. So if you are listening on any major uh, podcast platform, um, you can be sure to find us there and be sure to subscribe. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a favor, do rate review. Um, if you end up finding us, obviously, on YouTube, uh, smash the subscribe button, hit that like, hit the bell. Just don't hit your neighbor. That's all we ask. Unless he's a jerk and owes you $22. Just 22 Is that the limit? Is that the cap? 22 uh, no, sixteen. I okay. mean, that's okay. that's right. you know that's uh, lunch at Fresh right. Kitchen. And if you like to follow, um, I I don't know if you you're going to give out your social. Um, I'm I'm using on Instagram. I'm not supposed to give anybody out my social security. Like, my social security number. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to strangers, baby. Don't you talk. Um, Rock God, Rick Springfield, there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He has some solid advice. I got to say. Yeah. Um, you can find me at marketing underscore angel um, on Insta. So I'm at that's G Bishop seven two, but there's not a lot to follow there. It's it's Look hard, at you, babe. I know it's hard. It's hard to be nice on social media because people say stuff that you want to make fun of them for, but you got to be the bigger person, so you just you know don't reply. You just look Bite and that tongue. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, this has been interesting doing this on on camera. This is a way out of my comfort zone. So you did great. Anyway, yeah. High five. Up down. This is not this is not gonna look good. Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye.